0: How about we we pop it off here? We should go into the main topic, which is my time. My time, <laughs> yeah. Part B, part B of last main episode. That's part A, where you two talked about Shira for the whole fucking time, and I sat here just listening and listening and listening, and I didn't
1: get to say fucking shit hardly. I I I feel yeah, you deserve an episode uh, to to get your wrestling in finally. Um, so we'll have to. Talk about the comet and all of this stuff for the whole episode. This one, and then you can have the next one, maybe. Fucking
0: cool! Yeah, that's exactly what I yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about comets for an entire episode.
1: This podcast is over. When astrology yeah. podcast? I, I'm walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking. I don't walking. know what else to say. I said all I know about it. so I did want to talk about Midnight Gospel at some point doesn't necessarily have to be this episode but uh some sometime but we'll get we'll get there eventually yeah okay
0: okay okay we can talk about midnight gospel next time Mm -hmm. it's nice to have stuff like i'd rather have stuff in the chamber
1: yeah okay then
0: not and i've got like two things in the chamber right now so i got a whole load in the chamber here we go
1: welcome to we happen to be trans a pop culture podcast do it again that sounds terrible Move back from your mind. <laughs> It Sounded better than having it unplugged.
0: Well, Didn't yeah. It? I mean that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe okay. not actually. I don't know. Silence might have been better. You don't have to go that close to the mic.
1: <laughs> I, I want to do something dramatic now that I'm on phone. camera. Though. Okay, just lean in close, do, but don't get too close to like,
0: You could go like this. You could go like, "Welcome to, we happen to be trans." <gasps> A pop culture podcast. That's too much eye contact. I'm terrified.
1: (laughs) Hello? Should we close our eyes, cover our eyes so you can talk? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we can't see you. Hello? Hello? Is this We Happen to be Trans, a pop culture podcast? Yes, it is. Oh, shit. We Happen to be Trans, a pop culture podcast. Whoa, I didn't even know what it was until you just said that. Right? What the? Shit. We've got Jen giggles. We've got Victoria Maximus, and I am the Kaylee Cake. Back to Kaylee Cake, not no Kaylee Coral stuff. It's it's cake all the way now. Yeah, fuck the coral. Um, yeah, corals are gone. We, it's cake. It's all about get. Let them eat cake. Give them my, cake. That's my family name. I we I want to keep them around, but oh. cake 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 takes takes the cake. Oh. Um, mm. Uh-huh. mm Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Anyways, today we're going to talk about comets and stuff and we're maybe going to give Victoria a chance to talk about her wrestling stuff. Um we'll 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 see. We'll see how it goes.
0: Don't make me run in and do interference like they do in wrestling and I'm going to run down and and hit hit this podcast Ooh. with a chair on the back or in the head what, with a chair.
1: What does interference mean? Or should we save that for the next uh, podcast? We'll get to get it. You right? don't even know any you don't even know that <laughs> no, shit. No, I I'm a wrestling noob. You gotta fill me in. What what's going on Ooh. in the wrestling world?
0: But,
2: I haven't watched wrestling since uh like ninety-four, ninety-five, so
1: yeah. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. Yeah. I've never watched it. It's yeah. I I watch a YouTuber that keeps telling me that I should, but I don't. Well before we get into that, mm-hmm. you two ladies brought up
0: something off recording i was gonna say off mic but that's not true off camp no like, off before we started recording you two ladies brought up pretty yeah current events which we are not a current events podcast we are a pop fucking culture podcast however mm-hmm. however i think we could tie current. i think we could tie current events mm-hmm. into pop culture so Definitely. why don't we see if we could do the ultimate segue
1: pop our current events are still in the zeitgeist of it all so yeah 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 we we were talking about the comet that is here that we can see and won't be able to see again for the next like seven thousand years i think it was something like that so you know we all we'll all have a second chance at it of course
0: oh, yeah. um yeah. I have, i've been given the dark we'll be gift. reincarnated by then mm-hmm. I've, I've been given the dark gift so i'm eternal until yeah. I choose to be done.
1: Yeah, and I, I've sacrificed it a, cu- a couple of countries to make a Philosopher's Stone already, so, you know, I'm set. I'm just getting reincarnated. Death said that's how it works
2: the last time I talked to him. Ooh, nice. It was a little hard to understand because he talks in this very, like, like elderly voice. He had a little rat with him, so I'm not
0: sure. I only oh, hear right. Death, the Grim Reaper, as the dude from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey mm-hmm. with that. I think he has a German accent. No.
2: he sounded oddly like Christopher Lee.
0: Oh, really? No, Count Dooku. Yeah, <laughs> oh
1: my, yeah. <laughs> he sounded a little like Count. The Dooku. one and only Count Dooku. <laughs> Again, Kenobi. <laughs> That's okay. Let me just
0: stop right there. That one of my okay. I think it's in Super Bad. I can't remember one of those movies. Um. Uh, where I think it's Seth Rogen and Bill Hader play police officers, and uh, there's a scene where they pick up the kids, and and the two mm. police officers are talking back and forth, and they start doing Yoda. They're like, mm, "Yes, yeah, or whatever," and they start doing Yoda, and then and they're like, mm. they're "Like, Haha, get it? Uh, that was Yoda from uh, Attack of the Clones." <laughs> 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 and I lost my shit. The idea that somebody would specifically say yoda from attack of the clones like right who associates that character no well just just like i could see somebody be like oh yoda from star wars or yoda from like return of the jedi or empire strikes back he's been synonymous with those for so long but to say yoda from the most random shitty
1: star wars movie ever that's the second prequel right yeah yeah, gosh yeah. dang, I hate that movie s- with a burning passion because I like- of the stupid slugs at the beginning.
0: I liked it better than the first one, to be honest.
1: Yeah, Go- going back, I think the second uh, one I is mean, at least more entertaining, slightly. Attack of the Clones is more entertaining
2: than... Mm everything but the duel of the fates that that's the the fight between maul obi-wan and qui-gon mm-hmm. at the end of phantom menace like everything yeah. about clones is more entertaining than that <laughs> the, everything but that little chunk of the movie mm-hmm. yeah i like, do yeah, that duel was fates, a damn
0: good fight scene that that scene with the music <laughs> that fight scene yeah. the choreography the, oh, yeah. the emotion in it is probably the number one best thing about the prequels yeah. Ooh, I, I mean that. I mean I would say second that. Second
1: best is Obi-Wan and Anakin fight. I
0: think that's the second best. Sure.
1: Wow. Yeah. I think like especially choreography wise yeah. that is like a uh, probably the best fight in the prequels. It might be the best Star Wars.
0: Well, I, I see it's not as like mm-hmm over the top but um Mm -hmm. luke versus vader in return of the jedi is so emotion filled and that fight is very like classic like like yeah you know knights facing off type stuff and Mm -hmm. and there's a really good build up with it but um i would say probably top three from the prequels Mm -hmm. would be that the duel of fates fight before the anakin uh obi-wan fight i would actually say uh Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan would probably okay, be yeah. my second favorite thing cuz his acting is is I mean yeah right he's yeah. a great actor and he mm-hmm. he does a lot with that I mean I mean if you just want to know what he brought to that film just watch the scene in episode 3 where where he's talking with Anakin and there's a scene where he he's like don't make me defeat you Anakin and you're like whoa and then and then <laughs> Hayden Christensen says you will try <laughs> <laughs> that right there that line in the sand like that just really says it all right there amazing actor one of my favorites of the modern era versus <laughs> uh but you know it's been talked to death i i would say maybe third best would be that fight scene i don't know uh uh liam Neeson did a good fine job
2: oh yeah samuel jackson's I always mean- cool
1: yeah,
2: yeah. My favorite thing is you've got for for the Duel of the Fates fight. You have a professional stunt man who's playing Maul, right? Who is trained in the quarter staff as uh, because he grew up in England and he. Tra-
0: You're leaving me. Oh. You're leaving us hanging.
2: The disconnect. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so so he's trained. Turn your his- video back on. I'm working on it.
0: <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on it.
2: I'm working uh, on it here. So, so you've got the you've got the guy who's trained and is skilled in the quarter staff because he specifically picked it while he was doing stuntman training, and he's wielding a dual a double bladed lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You have Liam Neeson, who has been trained defense in four different movies before he got to Star Wars, hmm. and you have Ewan McGregor, this hot headed kid who is listening to everything all the uh, experienced men around him are saying so you can see that that in the characters you've got two guys who know exactly what they're doing and are experts at basically experts at it and you got this kid who's up and coming and has been paying attention to what's going on around him in this fight and it's amazing you can see the actors personalities coming into the fight Mm -hmm. as well Uh, i think uh, it's part of what
1: makes it amazing interesting and then matches up with yeah all the characters in the actual movie Okay, that, yeah. that's cool.
0: That okay, that's that's one of the only Star Wars like um songs I I've, I've actually like purchased is the mm-hmm. and It's
2: like <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh yeah! It. <laughs> wow. one of the best songs to play. It's so good. In I just—I
0: totally just sounded like I was mocking it, but I fucking love that song. I'm not gonna even. <laughs> I'm not gonna front. <laughs> uh, that's that's one of the first instances of a of a really fucking cool song that I later learned they're actually just speaking made up words. Like, there's—it's not a language. I don't think <laughs> it's just a made up thing. That and like in games like like Neuron Automata, like that soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's a made-up language as well for all the vocals. Hmm. And it's amazing. I don't care. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so Comet, tell yeah. me about the Comet. Yeah. What's going on with the we, Comet? We, we got
1: sidetracked. Um. Well, yeah. No, it's all it's all relative. Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Space. It's, it's all. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Bug it. I mean. Comet's coming, so I'm gonna take my daughter and I out. Um we have these giant baseball fields near our house, go for a short walk, set up the camera, mm-hmm. take a picture of it, because it's in the it's in that um northwestern sky right now in the corner. Mm-hmm. That angle of the spot. So yes, I, I do happen to know that's northwestern in my house mm-hmm. because of the way my house is laid out perfectly on northwest.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. How's the light pollution where you're at?
2: Not too shabby. Um, I'm on the north end of the big metro, and we're pretty far out from most of the um, richer suburbs, which have better lighting. Mm -hmm. So we don't have much for light pollution in our immediate vicinity. Nice. Awesome.
0: How's how's the light pollution where you're at? Not too shabby. A pop culture podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... These are important things. No. When you want to see the stars. Definitely.
0: That's the most small talky small talk thing I've heard in a long time. It's
2: no, 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 no. My father and my father in law pulling up today and going, eh, "How's the weather?" He drove here. <laughs> it's the most small talky <laughs> thing.
0: Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I sometimes I just need to shine a light on it. You know, that's that's me. <laughs> So let's talk about comets. I forgot there was a comet. The comets come around every so often. Apparently this one's important because it's 7,000 years, I don't know, maybe like Moses or some shit saw it last. But, uh, or some ancient, whatever, Noah, I don't know. Uh, or before then, uh, I, I can't think of anyone back then. Uh, okay, comets, popcorn, so, okay. Comet is a cleaning solution
1: thing Mm -hmm. Comet,
0: the dog from full house yep really makes you think here comet Mm, i think i've run out of names of things that are comet now let's move on You trying to to get somewhere i'm no i'm trying to figure out the secrets of the of the universe
1: completely organic transition to another to
0: yes i'm just okay. just all pop culture things related to comets. you see where i'm mm-hmm. going with this if you grew up in the 90s you may be aware of not one okay when you hear comet pop culture 90s what's the first thing that pops in your head hail bop an actual comet pop culture hail bop comet fun stuff not school shit fun good this was all over the news that's why i remember it fuck hale get hale out of here this is too too much <laughs> this is not a a, a an educational podcast <laughs> pop culture it's actually not that good but it was a big deal 1998 comets what's the first thing that you think of you said it earlier jen I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall oh, asleep because yeah. I miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah the asteroids, the, the asteroid slash meteorite movies of Armageddon and... Um, the second one. That other one. That and the other. other one. <laughs> that other one. That did not have Aerosmith singing on a rock in. I mean... Okay. <laughs> Armageddon
0: that movie's shitty that's a real it is it's so shitty terrible have you seen this movie kaylee no have you heard heard of this movie i've heard of it yeah and then there was a movie called deep impact which may sound it may sound like a porno but it's not yeah it stars elijah wood It did make
2: a porno out of it without changing much of the title
0: it stars elijah (laughs) elijah wood (laughs) which may sound like a porn actor's name but it's not Elijah wow. Wood was in deep impact, <laughs> 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 but and it was not a porno. However, it was and it and it was a, it was kind of taking from and I think I can't remember if one one person took the idea or the script from the other, and they both raced to make the same movie. It's kind of like Dante's Peak and Volcano, or I don't know. There were a lot of like They had this- a
2: conversation at a bar, these two guys, and they both decided they're gonna write a script about it, basically.
0: Yeah, they're like, Oh, that'd be a fucking great idea. Let me know when you make that movie. And then they walk out and they're like, Man, I had such a great idea and the other guy's like, Man, my idea was awesome and they just couldn't remember because they were so shit faced that they both thought they had the idea. Um, I prefer <laughs> Deep Impact simply it was a better because movie. Yeah, I mean it's also not good, but I think the meteor in that one hits. Spoiler alert. It does. Ooh, the meteor what hits.
2: A twist. They, they, they split the meteor into, into two pieces. One's about a, th- a quarter to a third the size of the original, and the rest of it's on, the, on another one. And so they have these two giant pieces coming in, and one hits, and instead of, you know, surviving and blowing it up or whatever, it's astronauts actually take... The um nuke the the jo- the space shuttle that they're on, this giant shuttle with some extra nukes, and they boom. They literally crash into and they, it and destroy the actual
0: And they boom.
2: I mean
0: I think that they, was they in. blow it I, up
2: by crashing into I it. I think
0: that that was in the script. And then and then oh. the characters, they boom. Boom. Uh yes. And I think Elijah Wood lives who the fuck knows? Um mm-hmm. Armageddon. I'm he does sure make he's it in my life. Um whatever. We're not
1: Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Uh, he
2: and Daniel Radcliffe were off pretending to be each other the last weekend or so.
0: <laughs> okay. Mm, okay. Good,
1: okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So he survived the deep
0: hip <laughs> Weekend at Radcliffe's. Anyway. Um so Armageddon is a movie, <laughs> Kaylee, where Bruce Willis. Okay. Comets gonna hit the Earth, whatever, meteor, whatever, and a bunch and, of
2: other roughnecks,
0: and and it yeah. starts, it starts, all these little like rocks are starting to crash into buildings, and it's like, oh shit, it's raining rocks, and we're fucked, and and uh, and Mr. Cooper from the the pop popular sitcom Hanging with Mr. Cooper uh, plays a cab driver, and I think he dies, I don't remember, and then yep. uh, and then <laughs> um. They basically are like, well, we're going to need to like drill into the meteor to put a bomb into it yeah. and explode it into a billion pieces that'll shoot away from the earth. So they're like, wow, we're going to need a great drill team. Well, yeah. Yeah. The wor- apparently the world's greatest like oil driller is played by <laughs> by Bruce Willis. And he's like, well, I'll only join your <laughs> crew if you let me bring on my whole oil crew and so here comes oh, Steve. Ton of- here comes Steve Buscemi <laughs> and here comes friggin' Michael Clark Duncan or some shit. I don't know. Like in and
2: Liv Tyler's the romantic interest, uh, and Bru play also is Bruce Willis's
0: daughter. And Ben Affleck know, is her boyfriend. Ooh. So yep. Ben Affleck's the boyfriend Liv Tyler, And then, and then <clears throat> Ben Affleck is part of the crew. So he needs to go up too. and basically they go up to the space. Oh, and, they, and there's all these like, comedic bits where they're like we don't want to pay taxes ever again we want like to be secured forever if we're going to do this because yeah. we're risking our lives mm-hmm. and i'm like shit i'd fucking take that deal you get to go to space you get to drill something you get to be a hero for the rest of your life and you don't have to pay taxes and you get basically set for everything forever fucking i won't yeah. do that i mean i mean right. look look if they don't succeed everyone's gonna fucking die anyway so they're not risking shit True.
1: yeah they're yeah, not risking shit
0: yeah. billy
2: bob thornton has the best line in the entire movie the president goes, how did we miss this thing? And Billy Bob Thornton goes, with all due respect, Mr. President, it's a big ass fucking sky. It's just the weirdest <laughs> half line in the whole <laughs> fucking movie.
0: It's a big fucking, it's a big ass sky. I was just like, what? Okay, to be honest, Billy Bob Thornton's, my favorite Billy Bob Thornton line did not come from one of his movies. It was when, <laughs> I think he went to the Academy Awards or something when he god. was when he was dating uh angelina jolie they both get out of the limo yep. and they say they say hey hey billy bob like oh and and you're with angelina like how how's it going and he just looks at the camera and he talks in the mic and he says yeah we just fucked on the way over here
2: <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah and they started dating um around the time they were in that um god what was that movie together about being uh air traffic controllers. I can't remember the name of it. I don't fucking know. I have it, though. I've seen half of
0: it. Mr. I've seen Mrs. Angelina Smith. Jolie's nipples. Gosh, what a movie. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I saw that when I was like a teen, and I was like, damn, that guy's disgustingly cool. Like, he's cool and gross at the same time. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I don't know. They, they blow it up, mm-hmm. and the whole thing gets saved, except Bruce Willis dies, and he's like, Ben Hooflick, go go live with my daughter, and I guess I approve of you now, even though I hated you the whole movie, and I'm going to sacrifice my life for the yeah. greater good. And then, and, yeah. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, Which is babe. the
2: reason the movie did so well. <laughs> yeah, and Aerosmith Literally, it? mm. it's, it's, it's Aerosmith's most popular song and was never on a single one of their albums. Oh.
0: What hmm. the f- buck was up with 1998 Mm -hmm. okay we had that and then we also had the godzilla movie
2: oh yeah yeah that's not the only thing that came out there was also con air i think was 98
0: Eh, that one's okay it's serviceable it's not as bad as those others yeah uh i i don't know didn't we have like michael like uh the one where john tavolta plays an angel okay we're just gonna keep talking about okay that's right we'll do we'll do do (laughs) not the year 1998 (laughs) on a different episode uh
2: <laughs> we need to go we'll come back to 98 well, because there I just, was
0: something oh.
1: wrong <laughs> I, I think it's important for us to talk about the year when you were born kaylee that was i was four years old at the time oh well, i was cl- born in 94
0: <laughs> that was supposed to be a much better joke but i guess uh. I, it wasn't far off enough <laughs> yeah it's almost real it was, Yeah, <laughs> i was supposed to be making fun of you but it didn't work oh yeah no, it was it too was like close. on the nose almost no
2: no i was for like God
0: damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now I feel like fucking a thousand billion years old. Uh,
2: Sorry, how do you think I'd feel? I'm older than you. Uh,
0: well, I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't stop me from feeling what I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like shit. So, oh well. Okay. Are we ready? Are yes. we are You yes. just do this fan yeah. thing the whole time? Speaking of fans, wrestling fan, right here. Here we go. Ooh. Segway. Shabam. Welcome to our main event. The topic is wrestling. Let's get ready to talk about wrestling.
2: Are you ready? Oh my.
1: I'm ready. You got me hyped. I'm in. Oh,
0: you should you should Let's go be. So put all cast all your notions aside i am going to lay out what what the perception of wrestling is and has been to most people when it has been at its most popular and then i'm going to break down what it actually is for those who are dedicated enough to stick with it in it's not as popular times and to really kind of pull back the curtain on on and, and actually prove that wrestling is a real competition, but not in the way that people try and debunk it as being a real competition. So let me start off, and I'm gonna need your interaction here too, Jen, especially cause oh, uh- you watched the 90s and stuff. So before I start, yeah. <clears throat> I need both of you to lay out your knowledge or your histories with wrestling what you think it is because if if you don't say it now i'm going to go on this whole rant Mm -hmm. and then i'm going to be like and what do you think and you're just going to be like (laughs) my brain i don't know how to process things i would like to know fresh slate uh you start off kaylee what 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 is your opinion
1: of wrestling what do you think that it is okay what do you yes so the first the first kind of understanding i had of wrestling was that it's like competition like a sport where you're wrestling to like pin the other person or and hold them down for like three seconds or whatever um and some things like that. Um then I was kind of got the notion that like it wasn't really a sport and it was more of like a like set up for kind of fan entertainment around the idea of the sport. Um, and now I think I have a bit better understanding, though not definitely not complete, um, that it's actually quite a bit of like storytelling and almost like theatrical in a way, um, that is isn't how at least I'd see a typical sport like MMA or something, but how one would go through like different s- stories and using wrestling as a kind of means in which to tell a story. Um but I, I, while, while I think I have a bit better understanding in that and thus a bit more like potential respect for wrestling, I don't quite understand it still and I don't understand what, what would like engage me into it or what would take me to like why should I watch wrestling over like a show on Netflix or watch like volleyball if I want to get into sport or something. Um, and so I'm hoping you can clear that up a little bit.
0: So it sounds to me like you, mm. although you're still not a fan, you at least gained mm. some understanding and at least mild mm. respect for what it is. Like there's something yeah. to it, you just don't know how to connect with what that it exactly. is. Or how to wrap yeah. your mind around what it, what it is exactly. Um, yeah, we-
1: exactly. I watched uh, YouTuber Super Eye Patch Wolf who does, like, a yearly roundup of his, his favorite things of the year and stuff. And he consistently puts something about wrestling on there, and just, like, his passion for it has been, like, okay, there's something to this, and, like, I love a lot of the other things that this guy does but and likes, but for some reason, like, can't quite... I, I don't know why I should get into it, but, like, I know that there's a lot of passion there and something really interesting and more deep than I can kind of initially see.
0: Sure. Uh, now, Jen, in about the same length of time, uh, can you describe your history with it, or just what you know? Maybe um, fill in some of the gaps.
2: So, like back before wrestling became massively pay-per-view, and it was because, as I said, I didn't have cable when I was growing up. Um, so, I watched the old um, American Wrestling Federation, the AWF, and its successors. Um, like reruns of that, clips of that. So like, I knew who Johnson was um, before The Rock showed up. Um, You're talking about I like, thought uh, it was also
0: like Rocky, Rocky Johnson, like his mm-hmm. dad.
2: Yeah, I yeah. remember his dad towards the end of his career because he stopped wrestling in the er, in the mid '80s. Or at least I saw clips of him wrestling still. But what I remember growing up with, you know, like um, as Andre always described it, was- Andre the
0: Giant. Yes,
2: Andre the Giant, always described it as, the story to get you to the ring doesn't matter. What happens in the ring is real. The fight is real, and the story they have to write after that is whatever. But it's that events in the ring are real, and that's how Andre always described it. And so I was watched for that, and it was always entertaining because you could tell when they were like, following, you know, because the moves that they make might be a bit scripted to avoid injury and stuff. But you can tell the surprise on a person's face is real when all of a sudden you're getting thrown over someone's shoulder. You might have to go with it because that's what you got to do. But the shock on someone's face, there's a, it's it's kind of like, oh crap, I didn't expect that move kind of thing, you know. And that, that kind of feeling. And then when I got into the, like, when I started to fall out of wrestling, a lot of that feeling was disappearing of course that's when vince mcmahon was starting to buy up every wrestling um you know group in the world and try to make one giant corporation and something you know and and then all of a sudden it went on to pay-per-view and i was gone i didn't have any way to keep up with it
0: right so okay so i mean you you watched you know I mean if you're watching like awf so you're talking about like territories yeah. before before wwf which obviously like hey, you've heard wwf or wwe mm-hmm. right like yeah. that's yeah. i mean when you think wrestling that's probably what you think wwe
1: yeah exactly
0: before that i mean there was a competition between wwe or it was wwf and wcw in the 90s before that it was territories which that's what you're talking about jen it was like each territory in the united yeah. states had uh you know, had its own faction and sometimes wrestlers would go to different territories, they would move around and, uh, and all of that. But that's where like, you know, Hulk Hogan started, Mm -hmm. Ric Flair, like some of the names that have been big throughout the years. Um, But then you were watching WWF when it was, you know, Million Dollar Man, Undertaker, uh, like er early Undertaker, early like Million Dollar Man, like like, Razor um, Ramon, like.
2: uh, Yeah, and they just rolled out um, Sergeant Slaughter, the the G.I. Joe figure became a wrestler right. as part of the um, branding to say, "Oh, our company is going to sell the wrestling figures, right. so we're going to put Sergeant Slaughter in there." And you know, right. and nowadays I could go into it, but um, a, a friend of mine is actually one of the execs for um, one of the newer wrestling
0: groups. Oh, uh, the AWE, AEW. I mean, yep. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, I happen to know him. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk about that off because I get the feeling that you don't want to go too much on and on an episode. But... I, I,
2: I, I don't have, you know, I just want to say I do happen to know one of the execs through a, a friend have a mutual friend. And so I, I won't go into it too heavily because I don't, you know, know what, uh, you know, what kind of permissions I would have to discuss it further.
0: <laughs> we happen to know wrestling executives, a pop culture podcast. Yeah. Um, Uh, anyway, so, look, I could go into the whole thing about the territories and Vince McMahon and WWF, like, dominating and, you know, uh, like, the whole story of the wrestling industry, that would take for fucking ever, there's documentaries, you can go Mm -hmm. on YouTube and watch shit, like, people have done a much better job than I could do right now, go watch it if you're interested, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna paint, uh my perspective, like I said, in in trying to show you what I see wrestling as and to convince you and the listeners that it is a competition, not in the way that you think. Um, But before that, I'm going to talk about my history with wrestling. Um, So, I mean, growing up in the late 80s, you know, to like early 90s, just like any other kid pretty much uh, in that time frame. Uh, It was all about Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan, and personal life. Okay, a lot of these wrestlers are shitty, shitty people or don't have a great track record. So personal lives aside, I'm just going to talk about the wrestling characters and because, again, if we go into their personal lives, it could take for fucking ever. Uh, Maybe we will cover that in another episode down the line. But just because I'm talking about enjoying a wrestler's persona or being a fan of them at one point or another doesn't mean that i advocate for everything that they do or have done um you know outside of the ring or anything or or endorse them as as human beings um but uh so it was hulkamania it was you know say your prayers eat your vitamins you know whatever the hell you would say you know brother and yeah, and rip off his, you know, so I had the Hulk Hogan action figure, I had Macho Man Randy Savage, the action figure I had I had Million Dollar Man, I had the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, these were like over the top, larger than life characters. It was it's comic books pretty much. You know, you have these superheroes where you're just like, yeah, get him Hogan. You're going to like you're going to defeat Macho Man and uh the and, Undertaker rolled up
2: in a hearse to his to the wrestling events.
0: Yeah, so this was the era like it was where you know wrestling was for the longest time was presented as sport um through from the its inception through the you know the carnival carny days um a lot of wrestlers would speak in like almost carny like carnival type act talk behind the scenes they wouldn't bad guys and good guys would never ride together they'd never be shown together ever anywhere because it was to maintain this facade almost like you know, you go and see like the bearded lady or the, you know, like those kind of carnival acts. That's where wrestling kind of came out of. Um, but for the longest time, it was shown to be like this real sport, as real as boxing, as real as whatever. It was presented in that way. But if you're really a fan and a lot of people that would watch it, even in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there was a lot of just irony. there, there was a lot of just suspension of disbelief. Most fans knew that it wasn't on the up and up for the most part but they would buy in like it was real um and i think that's a big misconception is that it was like in the 80s and 90s all of a sudden people just found out like you know wwf was like hey this is predetermined and people were like what like that's not (laughs) fucking true people who were not wrestling fans were probably like what because they didn't but people watching it were like people aren't that stupid you know (laughs) like um but you'd you'd buy in, much like you'd buy into a TV series on Netflix mm-hmm. or whatever, and with over-the-top, large-in-life characters doing over-the-top, large-in-life shit.
1: Yeah. Um, we all do that with the movies that come out, Avengers and that. Like, that's all suspension of disbelief in order to enjoy something. Right. And we do that in a lot of ways. And
0: so in the 80s and 90s, it was very much, they, they started moving from just dudes in the, like, you know, speedo-looking things to 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 more elaborate costumes, more caricatures. It wasn't like it was no longer. Oh, you know, Big Scott Hall's coming to the ring. It was Razor Ramon, and he's got a giant razor on his butt. Like, and he and his whole gimmick is like basically he's he's like uh um uh freaking Scarface um cappuccino. Al Pacino, thank you. Oh. God, uh, I, I was I kept my brain kept saying Antonio Banderas. And I'm like, that's fucking wrong. That guy wasn't in any movie that good. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Zorro came close,
0: but otherwise, uh, no. <laughs> not even. But I mean, that's the closest he ever came. <laughs> Except when he was with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Anyway, um, wait, was he with oh. Catherine Zeta-Jones? No,
2: he, uh, him and her were on screen together for Zorro
0: okay i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about anymore. a pop culture podcast uh so i um you know you'd go from like terry Boyle, boylella boylella whatever the fuck his name is to hulk hogan uh mm-hmm. like his name is not hogan or hulk like it's just a cool you know he's like the incredible hulk yep. basically like he's hulking up um and so these regular names like uh, whatever the Undertaker's name is, Mark Calloway went to be the Undertaker and he's like the dead man and he'd like, you think he'd be like knocked out and he'd be a bad guy but he'd like rise up and everybody had like what they call gimmicks which is like almost like superpowers. So like the gimmick of Iron Man is he's super smart, he's got a like giant robo, you know, and he can outthink certain things. Like Superman's gimmick is he's basically like indestructible. Like, you know, different superheroes have their different powers and wrestlers kind of had that same type of thing. Each wrestler, the million-dollar man, he could buy off anybody. He could pay. He was a villain, and he could, like, pay the referee off and get his match won. And you'd be like, what an asshole. Yeah, Hogan, you get him. Like, you know what I mean? And so and so as a kid, you could buy into that. And, and it was definitely the era of, of kids loving wrestling. In about 92 or 93, I was 7, 8 years old. I remember I was at a day camp, And they told me that wrestling wasn't real. And I had seen uh, Macho versus Ultimate Warrior SummerSlam. I had seen some of the pay-per-views. I'd watched it and I was all super into it. And my little baby child heart got crushed because they said, if they did those moves in real life and it wasn't like fake, they'd be like in wheelchairs. They'd be like crippled. And I was like, I guess that makes sense. and i did not watch wrestling again for seven years because it just ruined it for me i was like i didn't know i was too young i was like i was so into it and so no more wrestling figures no more of that shit. out of here until the late 90s when there were what's known as the monday night wars which was wcw versus wwf it was stone cold steve austin the rock uh degeneration x Shawn michaels triple h uh freaking mankind the undertaker was still around because he won't ever go away which is fine because he still great. shows up yeah and on the other and and then there was another company rival company company wcw with the nwo and an evil hollywood hulk hogan he became a bad guy and he turned his back on the fans and you had wrestlers so post his
2: tv show
0: oh yeah we're not gonna talk <laughs> about that either but but you had wrestlers jumping from each station to another, each company to another, like, randomly. You'd be watching, and be like, whoa, that guy was on the other thing, and now he's here, and it's crazy. <laughs> like, and it was the biggest time where the most people were into wrestling ever. Teenagers, adults, because it was badass. You had what was called the Attitude Era, and you had freaking Stone Cold flipping people off. And who doesn't fucking love Dwayne The Rock Johnson? He's the most lovable man in the world, and he's fucking hot, and I'm not even, like, attracted to men. Yeah. But damn. Like, I smell what the rock is cooking. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. That was his catchphrase. I did not just make that up. But that was very... Yeah, I did not make that up. That's his catchphrase. you smell what the
2: rock is cooking you want the people's elbow,
0: right? Okay, so we can go on and on with that. <laughs> I mean, he had all like
2: kinds he's, of statements. It, it sounds was sounds hilarious. Like he's selling
1: math or something? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but basically, it was just like, let's just make it more adult. Let's just get the cool people into <laughs> it now. No more kids. Um, and then that one of the companies went out of business. My favorite. I was watching WCW at the time. They went out of business. Mm-hmm. WWF stuck, stuck around. It just wasn't the same competition. A lot of people make the case competition uh breeds the best Uh, it brings the best out of companies um in a lot of ways there was no competition so it kind of felt lack lackluster and then you know they but they had stars they had john cena and that was kind of the new it was the kids era again you know every kid loved john cena people were into it and um and i got back into it a few years ago uh with a buddy of mine and we just caught up, watched a bunch of what had happened, and uh, I went to some events. I've been to two WrestleManias. I went to WrestleMania 16 and WrestleMania 31 uh, and enjoyed it. But I knew it was predetermined. What got me back into it, though, after finding out that it was fake and having it crush my heart? I mean, I was out of it for like seven years. What brought me back in and what brings me in time and time again is the storylines, the and and not just the storylines and the moves and the cool things that you see on screen it's behind the scenes stuff it's it's finding out uh you know how they made like they say like chicken salad out of chicken shit you know when something fucks up in the ring or something fucks up behind the scenes or a wrestler just bails on his contract or whatever how do they rewrite the story how do they make it work and there's so much interesting stuff behind the scenes and the real story. If you go watch the Monday Night Wars uh, documentary that talks about WWF versus WCW, that is one of the most fascinating. Like, I challenge anyone to watch that and not be interested in what was going on behind the scenes, the story that was the real story of the war between these two companies. And that stuff still plays out today. What most people think is stupid about wrestling is you pin them one, two, three, you make them submit, you know, like, as if anybody watches it, like, like we love to see winners and losers, um, not because of the competition, but because we love or hate the people who are winning and losing. And that is the competition of wrestling. It is all about mental manipulation of each person watching it. It's never been about the best wrestler. Although that plays a part in it because people like watching cool moves and stuff. It's about the best personality. It's about working your way to the top by being Hulk Hogan and being the most... Like Hulk Hogan doesn't know fucking wrestling moves worth shit. He is not a good wrestler. He barely does anything. He stinks. But his personality won people over. So he won the championship and became the number one good guy in wrestling, not by his moves and not by his like, you know, physical abilities, but because he had an image to sell. And the way that the storylines that they would write would paint him out to be the underdog, the sympathetic you know, good guy, the the hero that every kid wanted to see kick the ass out of the villain who was doing evil shit. And Andre the Giant was a villain. Uh, freaking Undertaker. He was still was a my villain. favorite. Yeah, Andre's cool. Like we all love Andre. Uh, but it was like Andre, like you freaking you ripped Hulk Hogan's necklace off, and you said like I like you got to beat me. No one's ever beaten me. Like you can't do it. And Hulk Hogan's like yeah. you were my friend, Andre, and you're like oh shit. And and you're buying into this because you want to see Hogan. And he's like, Andre, you turned your back on everybody. And you're like, you got to get him, Hogan. You Got to get him. And the whole time, he's winning. He's winning you over. And that's the competition. He's winning you to love him more than anyone else is winning you to love them more. And, and wrestling has always been about, if you're a villain, who is the best, most hated person who can be the best at being hated versus who can be the best at being loved and cheered and those that can do it through their in-ring stuff the way they perform their catchphrases things they come up with on the fly uh, they win championships they win belts they get pushed higher they make money and so everything that happens in the ring it is predetermined like like what Andre said Jen is not true they plan out Who's gonna win? <laughs> oh, they plan out. No, no. I mean, like
2: you, you, you know, he was. You know what he means is, you know who's gonna win at the end of the fight, but what some of the stuff in the middle. Right. It's actually, You don't know what's going to happen. Somebody could screw up and throw somebody wrong, and all of a sudden, they just broke their leg in the ring.
0: And that happens. That happened
2: to Andre frequently because he he was right. so big, and he knew what the. He's like, I'm gonna just throw you this way, right? right the guy lands wrong and he's got a broken leg which is how andre wound up a villain is because he frequently injured other wrestlers because the fight was real to him he never really held back much
0: sure yeah and certain wrestlers would like there's been times where wrestlers get pissed at each other in the ring they're supposed to take care of each other it's supposed to be let's Mm -hmm. do these moves and not hurt each other that's the goal but make it look believable But sometimes wrestlers get pissed and sometimes they will actually hurt the other person because they get pissed. They'll actually like punch someone if they if they have like, but that's because they have beef behind the scenes. It has nothing to do with the actual story that you're watching. It's something that you don't even know what's happening. It's because they looked at them wrong or said some shit or they just don't like them. But it's supposed to be this predetermined kind of, okay. we're going to do these major moves in the match. And everything else is kind of off the cuff. So a lot of times you'll see their head kind of turn. And that's when usually it's the villain will be telling the hero the next move that they're going to work through. Like, okay, you know, they'll kind of lean over. And if they're like smack talking or whatever, they're like, ah, you son of a bitch, whatever the fuck. A lot of times they're like, okay, you're going to like, I'm going to get you up. I'm going to throw you to the turnbuckle. I'm going to throw you off the ropes. And then you need to come and, you know, I'm going to throw you up. But then you flip and then you start to kick me and start to make a comeback, you know. Like the villains control what's happening in the match. They'll tell they'll say to the to the hero, okay, this is what it's gonna be. And and they're also supposed to help each other be more hated and be more loved. Mm -hmm. So so they kind of have your back. It's like a family, a weird family.
2: It's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's so fucking
0: weird. Uh but Mm -hmm. but um typically the rule of thumb over the years has been, you know. The villain has to be arrogant. The villain has to be, you know, he has to do something evil. He's got to steal the girl. He's got to, like, uh, you know, interference is a big thing. So you mentioned earlier, what is interference? It's when two people are having a match and somebody from the back, a wrestler, will just run out out of nowhere. And they'll come out with a chair. They'll just come out and they'll just (laughs) knock somebody out when the ref isn't or is looking. If the ref sees it, match is thrown out. Disqualified. Mm -hmm. If the ref doesn't see it though, it's like, oh, I just knocked this guy out, and then the guy can get pinned, and then you're like, damn. So that that guy that pinned him is a I hate that guy because he's a cheater. And the dude who did the interference is a cheater. So fuck them both. Um (laughs) and the hero, a lot of times they'll play in the ring, like they'll they they talk they call it getting sympathy, where they get beat down they keep getting beat up oh man the villain like are they gonna come out of it it's very much like watching the fight scenes in a rocky movie like yeah and this kind of correlates to one thing that i tell a lot of people and what i told my wife actually when i was trying to convince her that she should try it out and she did and she fell in love with it but she was just like most people saying why would i watch? that's stupid and that's that's for so boys, or that's for idiots. Like that's whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Look, hey, this is not any more fake than any time I've heard someone say, "Oh man, I hope Ross and Rachel get together." Oh, did you see when Ross and Rachel kissed? Ross and Rachel never fuck. Out. I mean, they the actors, David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston, kissed in the scene in the role. Ross, and, there is no Ross and Rachel. They're not getting together. David Schumer hey, is not married to Jennifer Aniston. They're not even named Ross and Rachel. But you buy in. You suspend your disbelief because you buy into the characters. You have that suspension of disbelief. You can watch it and enjoy it as if it is real. And it starts to feel real to you. It's the same way that wrestling fans can like watch wrestling. You don't watch it like it's a sport. You watch it like it's friends. You watch it like it's Law and Order. You watch it like any show, Westwood, whatever, Breaking Bad. like depending on how good the storylines and the wrestlers are at the time. Sometimes sometimes you're watching Save by the Bell. You know, like sometimes it ain't that great.
2: <laughs> other times you're watching luchadors who have the, like, it, it, in my opinion, the luchadors' good versus evil concepts and stories they tell are, like, the most blatantly obvious versions compared to, like, uh, the American wrestling ones. Because literally the guy will wear a a devil's mask and the other guy will have a, you know, a white mask, which looks like an angel or put on like a a native, a native God from, you know, from one of the Mexican tribes. And it'd be like, you're playing this part and everybody recognizes the part. And you know what, if you get injured and you can't do it, somebody else will step up and you're in the back with the microphone instead of that guy. You're doing the audio. It's really cool because they they're so invested in giving the fans the stories that they're telling that these guys are in wheelchairs in the back talking into a mic. So it's their voice while somebody else wears the mask because they're injured. Right. And, and the fans buy into it. You can have somebody who's as white as me. The next week, a guy in black is where a black guy is wearing the mask. He's been possessed by the spirit of, so and so, because he could not, because mi- he could not be here See, on his own. I mean, it's the it's, greatest stuff in the world they come up with.
0: Well, that's so. Sometimes you get incredible storytelling where it is like, where it's just you know gripping stories of betrayal or you know uh, feuds that have lasted years and years. Or they play off of real st- behind the scenes stories, like this guy fucked over this guy, he actually fucked him over, like like went off script, fucked him over so that's happened a couple times in wrestling where they had something scripted and one of the wrestlers was like fuck no and completely wrecked like the match and that's not that's real real and the other wrestler is like you're not supposed to fucking do that in this industry what the fuck is wrong with that person and there's actual like they hate each other in real life now which is not supposed to happen but sometimes they redeem that and they're like you know these two wrestlers you thought that they hated hated each other but then they actually hated each other. <laughs> now watch them actually hate each other and have a real match, you know? And like it starts to get very, it started to get very meta after the 90s. Like the 90s ended and wrestling is like the most meta shit you've ever seen where they are playing into like, cause everybody knows behind the scenes stuff now. So they have to play into it. People know, like fans know, they read about that shit. So. Like the wrestlers would be like, you all know um, what's really going on. And you're like, whoa, we do. (laughs) There was this
2: one, there was one guy who was brought in to uh, wrestle against Wayne the Rock Johnson because his dad had wrestled against Rocky Johnson. It was like one or two, one or two matches. It's like this generational grudge match. And the guy wasn't, the guy had trained to be a wrestler, but gone off to do something completely different. So they had to like spend like months getting him ready to come in and do this match. And I'm like, what the
0: heck? And, well, and then sometimes you have a story where the undertaker got in a buried alive match, buried in a coffin underground, but it's like rigged. There's some kind of room down there or some shit, but it makes it look like he was buried. And then he's on the big screen. And he's like, I will not rest in peace. And you're like, oh, shit. And it's just so comic. It's so like, and I I love that kind of shit, too. I have room in my life for dumb fun. And you just play into that shit like, hey, this is stupid, but it's funny and ridiculous. It's absurd. um, And so in a lot of ways, wrestling can also kind of be akin to anime. I mean, if you tell people the story of a lot of animes, You'll sound like you're fucking nuts right like if you start explaining what's happening and you're like oh yeah well and then goku came down well i mean okay i'm using dragon ball z because most people know it but like oh yeah and then goku <laughs> um well he can turn super saiyan in this way but he's like the most powerful even though like well he used to have a tail but um, his tail got cut off because uh he kept turning into a giant monkey. But um, because he's from this alien mm. world, uh yeah, Whoa. and and um, <laughs> but it, like if he had his tail, he'd be even more powerful than how, how he is now. Mm. But he's still the most powerful because he overcomes the odds, right? But um, uh, but then he he gets the yellow hair when he turns Saiyan, But then there's Super Saiyan Four which is even crazier than super saiyan three which is crazier than two and, and and then there's piccolo and vegeta and 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 frieza don't forget about frieza oh man remember remember the frieza saga and also yeah. and also uh friggin uh <laughs> cell uh yeah i well my favorite is, is cell when he's in level four uh but mm-hmm. five he got a little too like ridiculous looking that's wrestling <laughs> wrestling is not more <laughs> dumb than that <laughs> Re- wrestling is dragon
2: ball z with real people
0: and hmm. sometimes it's as cool when it's at its coolest it's as cool as a like breaking bad or a or walking dead like stone cold steve austin is a fucking badass and when he goes in the ring and he's like I mean, he was sticking up his middle fingers in the 90s on, ne- like, network television. Like, straight up drinking beers and just being, mm-hmm. like... That's why I... That,
2: that's part of why I got cut off of network television where I was at.
0: Right. <laughs> um, and and The Rock. I mean, so you've seen a lot... I mean, most wrestlers have not gone on to have storied movie careers. You know, I mean... Look, I could throw on Sir Ribbon Commando and have a hoot and a holler christopher lloyd hulk hogan hulk hogan's not a good actor the rock however is a good actor and a lot of wrestlers are stone cold steve austin is a good actor um he's been in a few movies he's actually really good in them i'm surprised he hasn't been in more i'm actually disappointed that stone cold hasn't been in more but uh
2: i think part of that's the fact that he plays the role of a villain in wrestling and on most of the movies
0: yeah that's probably true anyway questions that's a very summer hmm. summation. Does that help behind the scenes? Hmm. Does that clear up things for you? I know I dumped a lot on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like really cool. I like the idea of the meta story and leaning into that. That sounds like kind of the more modern uh, wrestling is doing. Uh, right. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, I guess like. So. With these stories and that, what type of, like, I enjoy dumb fun, but also, like, I, I watch BoJack Horseman shows that like to go deep. Is there an aspect, or may- maybe not, like, the main part, but are there interesting themes that are explored through wrestling? Because I imagine there's quite a few different ideas in that that could be. Or is it a lot of just, like, the, the dumb fun anime style battles um or like like one of my favorite animes is psychopaths which goes much deeper into like some philosophy and stuff right. which i don't expect wrestling to but like is there like h- how in depth i guess are the stories and what type of things are they exploring
0: so so the so the written stories mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. all honesty are not going to go as deep yeah. as the deepest yeah. you know philosophical, um, psychological. Uh, mm-hmm. stories that that I love, you know, mm-hmm. and you love, and Jen, you know, but oh, yeah, I guess the case that I'm trying to kind of correlate here is that, or, or make, is that um, the deeper philosophy and psychology mm-hmm. is what's, is the story that's being played out between what the wrestlers are trying mm-hmm. to accomplish and the fans. If you watch yeah. the reactions of the fans and what the wrestlers are doing, that is so cerebral. It's mm-hmm. actually one of the most impressive things when you think about it. Um, yeah, and 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 understanding the psychology of what they're doing as heroes and villains to try and sway the audience in these ways, and like, and especially now that it's so meta, trying to do that with an audience that mm-hmm. knows that you're doing oh. it to them is so fucking hard like and and so wrestling's actually brought it back to a lot of the basics cuz that's what is the most unexpected now is oh yeah is the basics heroes and yeah. villains very traditional stories good wrestling you want to see your guy win you want to see the other guy lose you want to boo the villain you want to cheer the hero um that's the number one thing that works now it's kind of come full circle and Um, but when you start to understand that psychology and especially now with that meta narrative and the fans knowing, Mm -hmm. uh, it's so fucking fascinating. The, the more fascinated I, I'm more fascinated with like the reporting of the wrestling industry at this point than I am Mm -hmm. of the actual, like watching Mm -hmm. the matches. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes and that's most fans now. Like, I'd rather mm-hmm. listen to a wrestling podcast, break it down, than I would huh. watch the product now. Um,
1: Interesting. It's,
0: um, yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it's very yeah. much gotten to be this, but- like... And, and that's almost, like... And there's almost a part of me that wonders how much <laughs> of the behind-the-scenes stuff is now the new fabrication. Like, mm. because that's where everybody's at. So it's, like, that's- layers upon layers of basically trying to trying to make people interested and you get people mm-hmm. to be interested when they they can believe that it's real or they can at least buy into it enough to think that it's real mm-hmm. and you have something captivating and you have you know back and forth and so if you watch the history of like wwf and wcw um or you watch interviews with rick flair or, or steve austin or some of the old mm-hmm. you know older wrestlers that's the stuff where it gets really into the philosophical and the, and the real mm-hmm. stories. Like if you watch the movie "The Wrestler" starring Mickey Rourke, there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, there's a lot of, of great storytelling there, and that's a very good mm-hmm. representation of what the wrestling industry is, especially not in the big time when it's like more
1: mm-hmm.
0: at your local bar once a week or whatever stuff.
2: yeah there's there's still
0: regional wrestlers out there i i actually have met several here if there's one so does that kind of help explain so yeah yeah yeah. it's it's, you've got to dig deeper to to get that stuff
1: you you've got the sociologist and psychologist in me interested and curious of yeah how do you sell these stories and how do you how how did the interactions work and this, this sort of landscape of storytelling that is so complicated now with all these different points of views and be, the behind the scenes and that and how does it all work together and to put on a show like that yeah the, that sounds really cool um now I'm wondering um kind of two things like first of all if I'm interested now, who should I like start following? Who who do you think I might be interested in? And then also, is there like a good woman's wrestling um, to watch as well? Since I'm not very familiar with the scene, and I feel like I'd rather see women wrestling than guys. Oh, maybe that's just like sure. Uh, yeah. So,
0: so it's actually a it's actually probably the best time ever to start following and, and cheering for female wrestlers and i'll just start you mm-hmm. off with the ones that i know currently are in wwe and are very good mm-hmm. and i also want to say i think it was last year's wrestlemania was the first wrestlemania that women's wrestlers were the main event and Ooh. that's a huge wow. fucking huge. Needle. I've um, always been like amazing. before any of the men. They've always stuff. been they've always been the bathroom break wow. match. You know, it's like yeah. A lot of the times, it's just like they've they've been called like the divas, and it's just like bra mm-hmm. panties matches and stuff. And like, cool, like I I like seeing hot women in bra panties, and yeah, <laughs> lesbians, right? Like, give me a break. But like, yeah. <laughs> to see actual athleticism that's on on par and storytelling that's better than what the dudes are doing. Um. So last year's WrestleMania was. Charlotte Flair, which is Ric Flair's daughter. She's incredible. Okay. Uh, Becky Lynch, who was probably the most beloved, at least last year. I don't know where it's at right now, right this second. But mm-hmm. Becky Lynch was like the biggest hero. Hmm. Uh, and Ronda Rousey, who was actually the UFC women's champion for a long time. An actual, like She's an mm-hmm. actual cool. fighter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Awesome.
0: So, maybe maybe look up some clips of, you know, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. another great one would be Sasha Banks. Is very good. And um and then there's a woman named uh Bailey. B A Y L E Y. Um they're incredible. They're as good as any men I've ever seen wrestle. Mm-hmm. Not even. Awesome. Not even joking. Um, and so that would be one one place mm-hmm. to start. If you want to go into more of the psychology or, or kind of like, mm-hmm. and I try to give a lot of my own perspective and my own like take mm-hmm. on what wrestling is from my history with it. I think the best, like I don't want to say after this podcast, if you're interested at all in like learning more or getting a more condensed straight to the heart of it, Watch mm-hmm. a YouTube video called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Okay. It was done by the guy I think that made the movie. Super What was the movie where the people where the kid like teens get the powers and super which one? The one where the teens get the
2: powers. Me. It's the one with Tim Allen who's it's, the bad one and there's the there's the um which is really bad there's um super, super there, there's um Sky High which was a no, uh, pretty that. decent it's, it's one not eight, it's not super 8 it's super
0: something Super Soaker 5000 who the fuck knows Okay uh <laughs> anyway it's just, just the director and he he goes through the entire history of one wrestler's like story in the ring and I don't know it's great Watch that mm-hmm check out the monday night wars anything to do with wcw versus wwf that is mm-hmm. incredible just for, if you love like the philosophy or like psychology behind business and like mm-hmm. behind the scenes of that kind of shit it is one of the most fascinating documentaries i've ever seen um, and then i can recommend a couple of
2: articles um by a christ by a christopher harrington um who literally broke down and did analysis of like 30 or 40 different things in like three or four different articles to devo- to discuss why certain wrestlers were winners, why they were hmm. paid so much, so like all kinds of the business side of things to understand and break down the concepts of wrestling into a business point of view. And it was really fascinating to see the mm-hmm. difference between them. Mm-hmm. And you can still find those online.
1: Yeah. Cool. cool. Awesome.
0: And these recommendations mm-hmm. aren't just for you, Ka- for, for you, Kaylee, mm-hmm. like these are also for yeah. the listeners for you. Yeah. I'd say, look up those women's wrestling wrestlers. Mm-hmm. If you like the moves and stuff. Cool. Watch wrestling. Yeah. Isn't wrestling. And then see if yeah. you want to see anything more. If you don't like that. Uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything yeah. more to give you. Um, uh, however, Uh, for the listeners as well i have talked about it on an episode previously Uh, another thing i would actually recommend strongly is the show glow on netflix Mm -hmm. the three season long women's women's wrestling show i talked it up before i love that show and it is a very very good portrayal of the wrestling industry behind the scenes and in the ring uh and the moves and the storylines and the lingo. Is actually overseen by a real professional wrestler that I used to watch when I was a kid and named Chavo Guerrero mm-hmm. and uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. And mm-hmm. they do a good job. As a as a wrestling fan for years and years, that show's pretty mm-hmm. legit. Awesome. So there you go. Done. Awesome. It's over. Yeah. Ding ding ding. I, ding ding ding. I, the bell's
1: rung. Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh. I I guess I can't give him well, one. Well, 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 there's chaos okay. in the
0: ring we'll see you all oh. next week <laughs> okay what 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 were you gonna say
1: <laughs> I'm gonna break in here after the bell like some sort of villain to talk about the villains because oh shit I think, yeah because that sounds like a really cool aspect and like i i love villains in stories and that uh are there any like villains that might be interesting to follow or what like do do the villains always lose because it's like a fight between good and evil? Um, or do the villains actually like feel like they stand a chance for actually like winning in the end? Yeah. Or the
0: yeah. the actual the way wrestling plays out typically is the villains mostly win until finally the hero or they'll have back and forths. Yeah. But the villains largely win because they're cheating <laughs> or they're yeah. or they're being assholes and they're just yeah. like they don't give a fuck about rules. So they're yeah. cheating and they're just cocky and arrogant and you just want to see them go down. And the more <laughs> that they overpower the heroes, the more you want to see that hero come back and they like never lose that <laughs> hope. It's keeping that hope alive. Yeah. And you want to get people to buy tickets okay. and come and come watch. Yeah. For yeah. more than just one <laughs> encounter, you want to see you know, if you can get 3 to 6 encounters out of it. That's where you get long-term <laughs> feuds. Um, right, right.
2: And that's why The Rock is still showing up even after, you know, moving to a successful movie career for at mm-hmm. least one or two episodes of WrestleMania or the you know every year. He's coming right. back constantly because fans want to see him in the ring against Steve Austin again. Because the two of them have this right. long-running feud going <laughs> I mean, they're the not gonna men but... sit down and have beers right. they, they have sit down and have beers like constantly and they're never gonna fight again but he keeps showing up because the fans want him there yeah mm. so excited to see <laughs> the rock get in the ring or well and also because
0: you know, nothing is as cool as as what that was to be honest like they have not oh, yeah. they have not hit anything as cool as the fucking rock uh or, or that era but Okay, so for so so in a real practical way, breaking it down, WrestleMania 15, The Rock was the villain and Stone Cold was the hero. The Rock had the championship. He he started to get cheered. Austin was always a hero. He was always cheered. Rock started to get cheered, but then they had the Rock turn on the fans, turn on everybody and join the corporation he joined the the owner and all the bad guys to take it for the money because he's like i want this championship i don't care what i have to do i'll sell Mm -hmm. i'll sell my soul for it fuck it and he's basically like okay so he's like i'm part of the corporation now i'm like the corporate dude and they're like no rocky you're a piece of shit we thought you were awesome and legit but fuck you and he's like i don't even care i'm the corporate champion and like i don't need you and then stone cold comes in and he's this beer drinking like you know flipping people off like you know for the people and he's like he's like rocky i don't care if you're part of the corporation or anything like that i'm gonna kick your ass stone cold said so you know and like he comes in and people are like yeah he's my champion he's gonna take down this corporation and then stone cold and it's the big wrestlemania event they had matches back and forth back and forth rocky rock is cheating rock is a piece of shit he's kicking the shit out of people he's just beating the shit out of people, bloody pulp, whatever. Stone Cold comes in and he wins the championship. And they're like, the Austin era. Yeah. Austin has the belt. And mm-hmm. then they find a way to get the belt off Austin. Somebody fucks you know, and they have different characters come in and out. Uh, a, And then WrestleMania 17. It's the rock versus Stone Cold again in the main event. This time they're both heroes. They're both <laughs> loved. And, but they both have this like they're like, hey, this has been going on for a long time. Who's the better between these two? They're the two most popular. Who's better? Yeah. And that's a story. It doesn't always have to be a hero and a villain. Right. Right. But it's rare. It's more rare. So you have these interviews where they're like, you know, like Stone Cold, just like I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna bring it. Like I'm gonna end you, basically. And like mm-hmm. the Rock's like, the Rock's like, yeah, like you sitting over there, beer drinking, like you know you get gonna smoke the rocks cooking blah, 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 whatever the fuck and then mm-hmm. and then they face off and steve austin joins up with the corporation and turns his back on the people and starts hitting the rock with a chair and and keeps his belt and everybody's like boo what the fuck is this and he tried to become a villain but nobody wanted to hate him even if he tried to be a villain <laughs> So it kind of fell flat. He was still. It was a total mistake. He should have never done it. Nobody wanted to hate him. But he was like, it'd be fun to play a villain. But (laughs) so then WrestleMania 19, it's The Rock versus Stone Cold again. And this time, The Rock is the villain again. He's the, he went off to make movies and he left you behind. But he's still trying to come back around. And you love him, right? no he's this cocky arrogant son of a bitch you turned your back on the fans rock you went out and you made the scorpion king you went out and made the mummy 2 or some shit you went out and made the rundown what the fuck <laughs> you're not even making good movies what the fuck rock and and so 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 but this is supposed to be and then stone cold comes in and he's like yeah i'm here for the people the only time i've left is when i've been too injured to fight i love wrestling i love breathing you know i Bleed, sweat, tears for this. And people are like, yeah. But there's so much history at that point that you kind of just love them both, like in a way. yeah it's just they they've been around so long. But that was the story. That was Stone Cold's last match in the ring ever. Uh was at was in that main mm-hmm. event. Uh and it was the only time that The Rock won. The Rock won <laughs> that match. And mm-hmm. and it's actually very sweet. So the behind this, so that's the story kind of on the face of it and a little behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. The cap of the behind the scenes story part of it is The Rock, you can see after the match is over, he's in the ring. He had just pinned Stone Cold. And you see Dwayne The Rock Johnson. like You see him as a person. And he's laying over Stone Cold. And he's saying things. You don't know exactly what he's saying. Years later, Mm -hmm. he said in an interview, though, he basically said, like, thank you for all that you've done for my career thank you for like, he knew it was his last match. You know, he's like, thank you for this. And like, you know, I won this match. Thanks for giving it your all. I love you so much. And, um, basically just like pouring his heart out to him as, as like a brother in arms in the wrestling industry. And that's fucking awesome. And yeah. that's, and that was real. They, that was not Mike. Wait, that was know, not.
1: hyped. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's oh, fucking, then, wrestling. When fucking wrestling. Wrestling
0: is
2: the shit. Mm-hmm. And it, in the in the behind the scenes, when The Rock was doing the movies, you pay attention. He's listed as Dwayne The Rock Johnson on all those movie credits and posters. Right. The first for the first few movies he does, and then it becomes Dwayne
0: Johnson. Right. He was trying to leave it, his wrestling behind. That. Yeah. He,
2: well, for one, he part of what he agreed to do was to play. The, corp- the guy who abandoned wrestling for the Wrestlemania events right? and so contracts he had to have his name as The Rock right? on those
0: movie scripts so people so would remember he this- was the wrestling guy so they'd be pissed when he came back
2: right cause you oh Dwayne The Rock Johnson did this really bad, right. you know did these movies it's also why he agreed to be completely CGI'd in the Scorpion or in the Mummy 2 mm-hmm. as the Scorpion King because it would look horrible it would look like he was just doing it because he could right. you know because he was so popular yeah. so there's all this stuff that you find out later like five or six years later that you know comes out and it's like oh my god they actually went that deep in the meta <laughs> to make it work <laughs>
0: if you if that hyped you up kaylee you know what look up that stuff you wrote it down that's fine yeah before you do yeah. any of that go look up on your own something called the montreal screw job read up Oh, on the montreal yeah. screw Job. i'm not going to explain it here okay. fans go of the sh- of the podcast go look up the montreal screw Job. if that doesn't hype you and sell you on how fucking cool wrestling can be on and off camera i don't know what will i got nothing mm-hmm. for you this this is, this is a waste huge <laughs> fucking waste of time thanks for listening <laughs> this has been we happen to be trans a pop culture podcast